You're listening to the ASI Podcast. My name is Rush Shaw. With the coronavirus disrupting social interactions, workaday life, entertainment, sports, this can cause a ton of fear and anxiety. Interrupting my series on sexual order and chaos. And uh, that was two weeks ago. I said I would do a part two last week. Life's been a bit crazy. We had a difficult winter. We had a rough few months. When the storms came in off the coast, it felt like they broke everything on us at once. It's easy enough to talk about bliss spirit when you're not holding the roof up and knee deep in it. And the pictures and the papers got ruined by the rain and we wondered if they'd ever get dry again. But I don't want to spend the whole my life indoors. Lay low and waiting on the next storm. I don't want to spend the This is Season 7, Episode 3. And that kick and bump was Frank Turner with Next Storm. Alright, some bumper promo music. By the way, uh, if you go to Spotify, search ASI Podcast Bumps, and you can hear the songs in their entirety for like, uh, I don't know, 14 years worth of podcasting bumper promo music and if you like the bands follow the bands uh they send you merch dates concert dates yeah it's it's a good thing um anyway moving on with the topic i'm gonna jump right into it here because a lot of you the reason you listen to this here podcast um is that we're tapping into our body's resource for relieving stress and anxiety. And lately, socially, globally, stress and anxiety has been racked up, cranked up to 11. For some of us, it may be higher. For some of us, lower on the dial. But you got to admit, life has been disrupted. And I haven't seen like anything like this in my lifetime. I'm 51 years old. This is, you know, going back to like the Spanish flu back in 1918, you know, over a hundred years ago since we've had a, a pandemic of this magnitude. And it's not killing as many people, you know. Um, I don't want to get into all the details. Like, you can find that information. I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on the coronavirus or pandemics or anything like that here. But I am going to talk about how your body reacts to it, what's going on in you, and what you can learn from this here um, global pandemic. First, I wanted to address the anxiety knob, right? For some of you, this is up to 11. For me, it's maybe a, a 5 or a 6, although earlier in the week it was an 11. Uh, may get to that later. But how affected are you by this, right? Like some of you don't got the money. You're not sure how you're going to make the rent, the mortgage, bills are coming due. You're maybe out of work. Um, 
Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're quarantined as you're listening to this. For some of you, it's loneliness or being isolated that can really trigger a lot of these things going on in your body. A lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, even depression. Um, For some of you, the kids are home because school has been canceled. And you're thinking, right, how long is this going to be on? You're surrounded by your family 24-7, maybe days on end. Not used to that. It's causing friction and frustration in the home. And that for some of you, and I remember this, not having a secret place to act out, you know, that can cause all sorts of just stirring up in your body. And this is really good. Right, that you've been placed in this situation. Remember, you're not just a brain on a stick. You're a, you're a soul with a body and a mind, and your body, again, sexually compulsive behavior. When you're you're in the act of viewing pornography, right, or something like that. There's there's this part of you that goes into a, like a meditative state. With pornography, it's it's pointed out. It's like out of your body. It's sort of a you know, it's st- it's stimulation out there. It's arousal and stimulation that's taking place on the outside. Um, but on the inside, you can't do it if you're being interrupted by anything, right? I mean, that's how your brain-body connection works. And there's a lot of studies and evidence to show that you're not breathing short, short slow breaths, you know, maybe close to climax, but throughout the sexual orgasmic process, it is long, deep breaths. There's enjoyment of what's going on and the stimulation of the body. See, we're all, my point is you're already tapping into this, all right? It's just not happening in the places and times um, where it could be most helpful. And this is one of those parts where I'm tempted to, you know, get into the whole science of it and say, if you just put this to use, right? Like, if you just exercise these things and you do what I'm telling you right here, yeah, all that's well and great. Like, I can spill it out for you scientifically and you can study all the manuals. But how how does that bringing peace and freedom to anyone? I mean, there's enough books on it out there, right? Why do people still struggle with it then? You know, that was my something I said in the beginning of the show, going back to the beginning with some of these episodes, the uh, ASI podcast. I'm kind of fixing, correcting maybe a little some of the stuff I said in the past. Uh, But one of these things that I've stuck to throughout my life is Losing weight is a great example, right? Like, why is there obesity? Because there's a bunch of books out there on it. Why don't people just read the books and do what's in the books? Then they wouldn't struggle with obesity. See, then you get the judgy thing, right? Like, I'm not obese, so I can judge those people because they should have read the books, you know. But then when I struggle with something, like sexually compulsive behavior, for example, you know, hey, there's a bunch of books on that, too. So this is more than just filling your head with knowledge and stuff that you can learn and maybe apply. And if you have the self-discipline to do it, this is getting down into your own body and your own self and what's going on in these these times. This, this is a great opportunity. I know it sucks out there. And, and there's not even basketball to watch right now. And they canceled the NBA. I'm like, what? So what are you going to do, right? 
life isn't necessarily all of the things that are happening to you. Your life continues to flow out based on how you respond to those things. I talked about uh, how spiritual, the word spiritual is going to come up in this podcast. And if you are turned off by that, hear me out for a second. Um, Again, in philosophy, the word spiritual, valuable things that you cannot measure, right? You can't put it on a scale. It doesn't have a financial, um, right? You can't eat it, drink it, have sex with it, right? You can't put a mortgage on it. This is what that word means. So I'm going to delve into some of that stuff. Because again, if you want to go back to reading the books and studying the fucking science, all right, go for it. But that stuff, that again, how is it working for you? You got to get to the place where, man, I'm pleading with some of you guys. How is that working for you? Just sitting there and going, ah, the religion stuff sucks. And I agree with you. I am not a religious person. I constantly, I mean, look at the reviews and some of my reviews. Like people don't like the fact that I kind of diss on, poke at, and I'm not real fired up about religion on this show. But one of the things I've held on to, one of the things that's really helped me through this over the years is there's this piece of scripture that talks about worship, the word worship, all right? That's not the music at church, by the way. It's not the service. It's not, well, worship was great today. It's how your life is pouring out day by day. If you see your life as like a, like a pitcher and you're pouring it out, that is more of what's going on. Again, getting back to that philosophical idea of spiritual. How is the the day-to-day life stuff, your temperament, your energy level, how is that pouring out on a day-by-day basis and how and what is it pouring into? That, my friends, is the definition of worship. Going to the other side, some of my Christian friends, like, this is what your life is doing. This is what all of our lives are doing right now in the midst of a global pandemic like we probably, most of us haven't seen in our lifetime. I don't think anybody has seen anything like this in our lifetime. So with this idea in mind, this idea that your day by day throughout this stressful situation that we're all collectively going through on the whole planet, which is mind-blowing to me, how you're pouring out in the midst of it, and the fact that if you're listening to this show, odds are you've tapped into your body's resources for stress relief in the path. Ooh, that... That was a Freudian slip, right? Like, I'm not going to edit that out. In the path of your life, you and I, we have tapped into our body's resources to help soothe the pain and the stress and the chaos and the anxiety of life collectively. And it's something we've suffered with. And for some of you, it's something that's very much like it has me disrupted your life. I'm talking about being mindful of a way to tap into your body that's different. Kind of the same, yet different. Okay? This is not, by the way, me saying that you need to... 
um, right? Get your wheelbarrow out of the ruts. You know, I used to say that years ago or create a new habit. And that's all kind of science speak. It really is. And it's not real helpful for the moment. And yeah, that's a bit of what I'm talking about. But when you start thinking of having to pop a wheelbarrow out of a rut or create a new habit, you know, like you're smoking or something like that. I'm going cold turkey, you know, or I signed up for a gym membership. (sighs) And this is where I start to break away from addiction teaching or treatment, you know, In season six, I talked about, you know, this being less about addiction, more about intimacy disorder, you know, being alive and valuing yourself. And yes, having intimacy with another, those are important things, but the roots of this thing, man, I, I, back in the, when I started doing the show, I felt at the deep roots of what I was experiencing as far as you know, victory or freedom or those words embedded in the DNA or the code of what I was working to communicate. There was this deep, intrinsic, not just a a breaking a habit or quitting an addiction or overcoming or rehabbing, but more of building intrinsic internal value throughout process and the scope of the show. I've had that heart in mind, you know, and to be honest, I'm not even sure why that became so important. Was it a burden the Holy Spirit put on my heart? I don't, I don't know. Heart, there's another word, right? There's another one of those philosophical metaphoric words that points to the value the blood pumping from center out to our fingertips, to the tips of our toes. This is something I've talked about as well. So it's not just breaking addiction, right? Habitual addictive things. It's also the idea that you need to get on that, right? You've learned this information and now you've got this responsibility to perform, you know, you've studied, you went to the retreat or, you know, you know, you went to the conference and you saw the therapist and you got the, the coach and, and now you should be this person, right? You should be. And that should, when we don't measure up and sometimes that not measuring up, like there's something going on underneath it. There's something feeding that. Again, my friend Jay Stringer and his, I mean, the multiple awards he's won for his book Unwanted, talking about, you know, the gambling addict. They're not there to win. They're there to lose. There's there's a very similar connective tissue with sexually compulsive behavior there. And that's why I do step back from addiction kind of teaching or, you know, there's shows I did in the past and I really believed I was crushing it, man. I went seven years without masturbating. All right. Not not looking at porn, not even masturbating seven years. And I thought, man, I am crushing it. And a lot of this had to do with me pushing down a lot of things that I didn't want to have to deal with when they keep coming up you know you start severing unhealthy coping mechanisms 
um, things start bubbling up. Like some of you, man, you, you're hairpin trigger right now with your family because they're all home, you know, or some of you who are at home alone, you know, you're on games and you're gaming and you're in a room and the way that you're interacting with other people, like you'll see these things coming out of yourself or you'll see these, I saw them in myself, the angry reactions and angers and energy that's very linked to our sexuality. And it's these processes in our body. And again, just severing that, those coping mechanisms or even embracing them and feeding them to the point where they just don't work anymore. Um, it's funny how starved of dopamine or flooded with dopamine tends to bring on some of the same unwanted reactions. We get emotionally triggered being mindful of that and realizing in your heart, in your spirit, how valuable you are underneath all of that egocentric stuff. It's just you, and you're a unique, awesome person who's learned survival skills and who's learned to cope with stress and all of the things that have gone on in your life. And, and you're at this point, right? This kind of crossroads. We're all at a certain crossroads when it comes to the COVID-19. But for you as an individual, how is your heart in the midst of, I've studied for the exam, now I should pass the test. And that should word, that is a big word. Because you're going to start to process how you value yourself in the shadow of should. I ought to have this down now. I've studied all the material. I went to the rehab center. You see, when you start to see the value in yourself, when the path, right... The, the walk of this life has you awake and alert to every situation that you're walking through as opposed to emotionally triggered and then hiding from. I did that for years. I got good at it. And it just started to leak out into my life in all sorts of failed relationships and disruptions and lost trust not only did others not trust me, I started not trusting myself. Discouragement can creep in in situations like these. And, and realizing the fear, facing it, going, assessing the situation, like, is this really this bad? There's something in addiction culture that we talked about on the other show, the punk theology, we talked about powerlessness and this pandemic has a lot of people processing powerlessness and xenophobia. That's another one. We get afraid of the things we don't know. That's what xenophobia is. It's a fear of the unknown. So whether it's how you're going to pay the bills, one of the kids going back to school, um, can I get through... Um, no starch on my gentle littles march on NoFap, right? I don't know where they come up with the names. Um, but you see what I'm saying, right? Could I do the 90 day thing? If I don't do the 90 day thing, what's that? How am I going to feel about myself then? 
that's something I talked about in some earlier shows. Like, don't be afraid to fail. Everyone's so afraid to fail, they won't take on the challenge, you know, right? And then I would encourage listeners not to quit. You know, you get knocked down, you get back up. You keep moving forward. You keep, you keep getting back up when you get knocked down. You know, you keep trying. Um, the, the problem with that, for me over the years, was what it was doing to me emotionally. Even though I was successful at it. Peter Rollins is a theologian philosopher from Northern Ireland. He was a guest on the other podcast. Talked about this. Uh, he does. He, if you're bored, <laughs> don't have a lot to do. Uh, Salvation for Zombies on YouTube is a talk he gave at a college somewhere in the UK or something like that. And in that talk, he mentioned the scientists took uh, mice, right, lab mice, and they put a little dish of food in one side of the aquarium and a pane of glass on the other side. And at first they would, you know, go over there and eat the food and, you know, the stomach would be content and they were fine and then they'd relax or do whatever they would spin on wheels or whatever they do. But then when they put the piece of glass in there, um, the mice got hungry, right? They would go up to the glass and, nah, I can't get to the food, so I guess I'll just, you know, not eat for a few hours, you know. Um, but then the scientists went in and messed with their brains a little bit and um, tweaked them toward the point where they made zombie mice. And they put, they did the same experiment. They put them in the cage, zombie mice got a taste of the food, um, pulled them away from the food, put the piece of glass in there, and these mice beat their heads against the glass continually until they started bleeding in some cases. And a few of them died, right? Um, I think that's how the story goes. <laughs> but you get, right? Like, that's what humans do, right? They made tiny humans to a certain degree. Look, we will do that. We will disregard the value for our own selves and our own lives, and we will beat our head against the glass until we bleed. And this is where I've got some criticism in recent years for talking about embracing the unknown. And faith, real faith, isn't in the act of having to be certain about everything. That's why we use words like leaps of faith, right? I'm taking a leap of faith. I'm going outside. I'm going to try and find toilet paper. <laughs> I found My wife and I found two packages of four-roll toilet paper today, and we were like, yes! You know, it was like the Super Bowl or something. Like, whoa, our team won. We just found, you know, it's like our own personal little adventure and, and achievement unlocked, right? But being got toilet paper, sweet, and hand sanitizer at the same store. It's like uh, double freaking two times achievement unlocked and those are life's little rewards for how we choose to walk through it so again not using the you know my breath taking advice right like this is really powerful by the way i've been exercising this for a couple of years now and it it has changed the way i process stress and it's not just breathing all right again we go to science fucking mike right and we're <laughs> god bless science mike i don't know but but 
I get frustrated with that because there's, there's, that's in me too. Like I just need to learn it. If I learn it, I got it. And then I can, boom, I can push through and I can do this. Um, no, it's not about that. Stop trying to achieve. It's not about achievement. You know, again, we start to label ourselves and think of ourselves and we value ourselves in these ways. You're valuable just cause you're you. You're valuable because you breathe today. Your life is a gift and it's beautiful if we choose to see our way through each and every day. I'm taking this in 24-hour increments, man. That's something I've talked about for 14-plus years now, right? And I still hold to that. Like, 24 hours at a time, that's my life. Not that I don't plan or anything, but I don't future trip because future tripping, and there's another form of anxiety, you know, fear and xenophobia creeps in. What's going to happen? You know, you start to, the past, present, and future just all crash together, and you're just like, ah, it's like scratching the walls and freaking out. Uh, I could, I can do that, but I've learned this approach to life where I don't have to anymore. And as far as looking at pornography, it's getting to a place where you don't want to anymore. I just don't want to. Not today, you know? And and that's it. I'm me. I'm walking through this day. I'm breathing through the stress and being in the moment. And much like I talked about, you know, dirty movies popping into my mind and things like that. Like sometimes the anxiety is like that and it's popping into my mind and less, it's less about me crushing it or throwing it out or see, there's a lot of repression that can happen in that. And I can do a whole show on, on sexual repression because uh, especially in, in religious circles, you know, they see repression as like, that's sexual self-control. That's what you need to do. No, it's not necessarily sexual self-control. Repression is shutting down parts of your body. And that can be very unhelpful. All right. I'm not talking about, well, does that mean we should just, you know, take off our pants and do it? Right. No. All right. It's not about sexually compulsive behavior. It usually fuels it. Sexual repression. You know, it, that's why there's again, there's science and studies about how the most religious states here in the United States are some of the most chronic and habitual porn users. See, there's that idea of stuffing things in a closet. Right. And it just it just contains there and builds pressure what I'm speaking of here is just living your life and being you day by day out in the light. Um, I was seeing a counselor years ago and he had talked to me about all the lying and scamming, right? So why do you, let's talk about that. Why is that so important to you? And again, it goes to survival. Some of my, my friend Seth Taylor talking about ego, our egoic, egocentric that part of us that's just it just wants us to survive we just need to survive buddy everything's happening right now need to survive like that's part of us i get i could get into evolutionary biology i know that offends some of my religious listeners i tend to be of the belief that the book of genesis is is based in metaphor i don't know for sure i'm not a certainty i'm not going to go freaking out and going this is the way that it is and you need to listen to me no but i tend to believe i mean 
just based on evidence. Uh, the book of Genesis is a metaphorical language that is written in this ancient Hebrew language. Um, so uh, could you entertain uh, possibly that we have a stories and a way for us to understand Right. God speaking baby talk to a culture and people that wouldn't understand the unfolding of the cosmos, for example. Right. OK. Christians, atheists, all on the same page. And we're, we're yeah. Um, and we're you know, you get that monkey brain, lizard brain thing that there's something in us that just needs to survive and it needs to not just get through the day, get out of this situation right now because a saber-toothed tiger's coming after me, right? We still got that in us. 10,000 years ago, there's a lion chasing us down like we needed to be, boom, on sight about everything that's around us, you know, that, that may come at us and kill us, our family, uh, and we're not there anymore. We have, you know, we have a really bad infectious flu virus that's killing people over 50 um, and people with. Right. So this is different, but it can fire up all that stuff. I think that's what happens with this hoarding of toilet paper. Everybody's hoarding. Well, you know, be locked away for two weeks. Really? Are you going to use that much toilet paper? (laughs) Like, come on. No, there's some some monkey brain evolutionary binary. I got to survive panicky things going on out there. And and it can go on inside of each and every one of us. And I would argue that it is going on in those who suffer from sexually compulsive behavior because one of the biggest survival mechanisms that we have as humans is to repopulate. It's being conscious and aware that we can't necessarily always get to our dopamine reward, right? We can't get to that little dish. And being mindful of the fact that, you know what, it's it's okay. It's taking a step back when we realize we see ourselves being like the zombie mice and beating our head against a wall because we stuffed it or we found another angry way to cope or or we acted out it's it's not being a slave to the dopamine rush that has us so damaging ourselves and wrecking the value that we place in just being a person just being a person today if you guys have pets like you look at your cat your cat's not worried about your cat's a cat, right? <laughs> of course, yeah, they don't have bills to pay or something like that, but they they don't get all anxious about things, right? There's something to that, unaware of the rush that humans have. But when it comes to living your life day-to-day, just being day-to-day, 24 hours a day, whether you're playing video games or whatever you're having to do to get through this viral storm um be you in it all right breathe through get in the habit again there I go with the habit you got to get in the habit right i got to do that no don't do it cuz you got to 
or you're going to get a badge or a star or you're going to be shamed if you don't just because you get to draw breath because you're alive. Bringing your breath into it. This is bringing your spirit, taking heart. I'm going to take heart in this situation and... All right. Okay. And when you can teach that, some of you guys, you, you do this for a few years, a few months, you know, a few weeks even. And and some of you who are married, you start to be able to to not just teach it to your mate, all right? <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to sit down and give you a seminar on this because this really works. And I'm, you know, it's it's having them see you different. And then what are you doing different? So like my wife and I, my wife started doing this, which is great. And it's not because I, you know, I sat her down and I'm the man and <laughs> I'm the head of the house. Like, no, she's seen it in me where I just kind of walk and I'm doing this, right? Like I'm, I'm breathing through stuff and I, and I'll, and I'll, I'll say it to her cause I see her like, and I'm like, just breathe, honey. It's okay. Just, we're going to get through this together, you know, or just breathe when you're out in traffic or whatever you're doing. Just, that's what I do. I'm just breathing. All right. And I'm me, I'm me in the next hour. I'm me with whatever comes along. Again, I'm Russ Shaw. Thanks for listening. ASI 